You don't have to share, sure. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you how daggum nervous I was about that song. I forgot to bring my notes out here. I had to go back to the copier and grab them off the copier. They've been sitting there for three hours. Oh, man. Uh, good day. Good day, good day. We'll be in John chapter 20 today. If you're a note taker, uh, you can take physical notes if you want, but if you like to take digital notes, fbcdan.com slash notes or use that QR code. If you like QR codes, it'll take you to my notes, and you can email those to you along with taking notes on that when you're done. Uh, we try to do that every Sunday for those that like that. Uh, we're looking at John chapter 20. It changed everything. That's why we're here. That's why we show up every week. Today changed everything. Have you ever had anything in your life that, uh, an experience that just like changed things for you? I was thinking about this, and, and of course I generally relate things to sports because that's the way my brain works. Uh, but I remember, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was in high school. It's not that big of a deal to you. It won't be, but it, it, it is to me. So. I don't know, uh, indulge me. Uh, I was in high school, and um, I had a really, really good coach. My linebacker coach was a good coach, a man I still look up to to this day, the type of guy that's always there when you need him. And uh, when you're playing linebacker, uh, the thing that you teach a lot is to play with lean, and that means you have to have your body Z and knees, and you have to have your body down, you have to have your chest leaned forward because that allows you to absorb and to give uh, contact when you're when you're hitting someone and it's a, it's a very very important thing and we were playing with too high of a pad level we were playing too high and I, and our coach brought us into the meeting room we had a meeting and watched films every day before practice and he brought us into the meeting room and he said I've been trying to get y'all to understand lean I think I've got it today and he showed a video clips of a guy named Sam Mills any football fans in here remember Sam Mills that was a while back he was about yay high and played in the NFL as a linebacker which spoke to me because I was an undersized linebacker. And I was like, if that guy can do it, and he's doing it because he has the lean, it finally clicked. I finally understood it. I saw it. It clicked. And I was changed as a player from that day forward. It's kind of like this. That's the way this happened. It's on a lot bigger scale. Everything changed in the history of man because of what took place on this day. We cannot, cannot overstate how important it is. Let's look at it together. We're going to read through verses 1 through 18 in John. If you don't have a copy of the word, it is on the screen. If you do have it, let's roll. On the first day of the week, that'd be Sunday, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb, so she ran to Simon Peter and to the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. At that Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then, following him, Simon Peter came also. He, en he entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first, then entered the tomb, saw, and believed. For they still did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went home again. But Mary stood outside facing the tomb, crying. As she, and as she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting there, 
one at the head and one at the feet, where Jesus' body had been lying. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, though she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Who is it you were looking for? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've removed him, tell me where you put him and I will take him away. Jesus said, Mary, turning around, she said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Verse 17, don't cling to me, Jesus told her, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them, what he had said to her. Here we are, almost 2,000 years later since this took place, and we're still talking about it. We're still talking about it. And as long as this earth exists, we will continue to talk about it. And then even in glory, in eternal glory, we will talk about it forever, what God has done. We can't overstate the significance of this day. But let's dig into a few things, and I, and I, think, I think every single person here, you may, you may miss my main point or, or, or the five main points, but something in here today is going to speak to you. I believe that every person here today and everyone listening through the camera is going to hear a word from the Lord today because we are speaking from God's word as we dig into this today. So the first thing that, that we're going to look at here, things jump out to me when I read scripture, odd things. I'm, I'm, a weir- I'm weird. I think weird. And I notice weird things. Verse 2, it says that Mary, after seeing that the tomb was empty, ran back to the other dudes. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Does that ever strike you as funny? I find this point funny to me. Mary, one of the dose Marys, ran back after finding the empty tomb and says, Peter, think about this. I'm going to back up. If you would have ran with the knowledge you have now and seen that empty tomb, what would you have ran back to Peter and said? He's alive. Peter, he's alive. He's resurrected. Just like he told us over and over and over that he would be delivered over to the chief priests, but on the third day would be back. He did it. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. That's what she went back and told him, right? No, she didn't. What did she say? She says exactly what you would have said on the other side of the resurrection, to your knowledge. She says exactly what I would have said. She says exactly what any human being in the history of the world would have said. She said, hey, bro, somebody took his body. That body that was there ain't there anymore. She didn't immediately think he had come back to life. You know why? Because people don't do that when people die. They don't come back to life. They stay dead. And so they just assumed Jesus had been moved. Why would somebody do that? Well, she's upset. She's angry. She's scared. She's fearful. She doesn't know what to do. She's not even allowed to grieve now. She wants to grieve and she wants to serve her Lord. She can't even do that because the body's not there to do something about it. 
She's, she's flabbergasted. And we look back at it on, on this side of things, kind of the way we judge other people once we know the outcome of things. And we look back on it and we go, those silly people, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. And it's comforting. It's comforting to us that they didn't get it because half the time we don't get it still. But, but you, she didn't get it because they didn't think Jesus was actually going to come back to life. She runs back and says, hey, somebody took him. Somebody took him. So then Peter says, what does Peter say? Oh, Mary, calm down, calm down. You're being a bit irrational. You're being a bit emotional. Clearly, Jesus has resurrected back to life, as he said he would. Nothing to worry about. He's sure to show up. He's sure to show up here through this locked door and just appear around us and talk to us. Surely, any minute now. And everyone agrees, except, everyone agrees except Thomas. He's in the back, and Thomas is saying, I doubt it. That's not what he said, though. That's not what they do, is it? What does Peter do? At that point, Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb. When she said Jesus' body was missing, they take off. Peter and John take off. Running to see the resurrected Jesus? No. That's not what they're doing. They're running to see if he's gone. Like she says he's gone. And they want to know who took him. Where is he? Who's got him? I want to know. Peter's about to slice, slice somebody. And this next verse is one of the funniest verses in all of Scripture to me. It's one of the funniest verses in all of Scripture. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Think about that for a second. Does this read like a fable? Like someone made this up? No. It reads like some dude retelling what he saw and experienced. And best believe, best believe in the gospel of Daniel, if I were writing a gospel and I were racing another disciple to the tomb and I outran him in the race, best believe that's going to be in there. I would have said the same thing. I'm putting that in there. And if, the, and if Peter would have won, well, no one would have ever known. Because I wouldn't have put it in there. But John put it in there, just like you would have and just like I would have. It reads like someone retelling what has taken place because that's exactly what it is. It's someone who saw this and then wrote it down so that we could still know about it here and now. Thank you for the Holy Spirit being in these men. So what do they do? They get there. John gets there first. He says, stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. So now we're getting ready for the meat of what we're looking at today. He, John, saw, notice that word is going to come out a lot today, the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. The word there for saw and you'll see why I'm bringing this out in a few minutes, is blepo. It means to see, to look at, to perceive with the eyes. John physically saw the linen cloths lying in the tomb, but his mind, his heart, his discernment, his understanding hadn't engaged yet. It didn't go any further than that. His eyes to his brain that he saw something, that was it. And he doesn't go in. 
That always strikes me as odd. He won the race. Why didn't he go in first? I don't know. Scared? Probably. Unsure? Definitely. Worried about being unclean ceremonially? Maybe. We do that sometimes when needing to do things for other people. Just being nice and waiting for Peter? <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, he told us he beat him in the race to the tomb. Why would he now be waiting for Peter? I, I, we don't know why he waited, but he waited. He didn't go in first. He just saw it, and he stopped. Probably paralyzed with a little bit of fear, if I had to guess. And then Peter. God bless Peter. Don't you love Peter? Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloth lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloth, but was folded up in a separate place by himself. Simon Peter just bust up in that mug. I love Peter. Ain't no stopping, ain't no thinking, ain't no nothing. Where's my Savior? Where's my Jesus? Who took him? We're fixing to have this out. He just busts up in there. I love it. Think about it. It's a, it's a dark, scary tomb. I don't even like walking around this building when the lights are out. It's a tomb. He just barrels into there. No thinking, no hesitation, no fear. I love it. I love Peter. Love Peter. Ah, I love Peter. I think, I think, and this is just me, my opinion. This is not scriptural. This is just my opinion. I think Peter, I think he's, he, I think he's hoping he finds some chump in there. I really do. I think that's why he runs and never hesitates and runs right in there. He is hoping that whoever took Jesus is still there. And they've been to have it out. Something's fixing to happen. Now, I may be projecting in that opinion because I, I, I hope that that's the way I would have done it. But we don't know. Peter just busts up in the tomb. And he finds there linen cloths just lying. Neat. Orderly. Not unwrapped and strewn, lying there. As if the body that was inside those cloths just vanished out. Just passed through them. Many scholars think that's what Jesus did, just passed through the cloth. And he finds the head wrapping. Notice that detail. Neatly wrapped, neatly folded, set to the side. He saw this. But not like John saw. He sees it differently. And John writes a different word for the way he saw. We saw the word for that Peter used, blepo, or that John, I mean, excuse me. Peter sees it, thereo. It's a different word. We say saw in English, saw, he saw it, he saw it. In Greek, there's different words. This is to see, but it's to view attentively, to take a view, to survey, to view mentally, to consider. Peter looks a little deeper than John did. John was surprised by what he saw, and then it stopped. Peter's looking at it. He's examining it. Peter, John, John saw it with his eyes, but Peter sees it and thinks about what he's seeing. He's thinking. What's he thinking? What is Peter thinking? We don't know. He's probably thinking, all right, so somebody took the time to come down here, roll this stone away, Somehow, with a gaggle of Roman soldiers sitting outside the tomb, the tomb to prevent the, that very thing from happening, 
But somehow somebody got past the guard of Roman soldiers, rolled this tomb away, got inside the tomb, went inside, and for some reason, and somehow took off the linen cloths from the body and left it neatly lying there as if the body had passed through it, took the head wrapping, neatly folded it, and placed it to the side, and then, after all that, took the body? He's looking at it and saying, why wouldn't they have just taken the body? You know, they could have just taken the body and unwrapped him somewhere else instead of taking the time to do it right there where they were going to get killed by a guard of Roman soldiers. They could have done that. Or for that matter, why would they unwrap the body in the first place? Why would you unwrap a dead body? It ain't like he's having trouble breathing inside those wrappings because, you know, he's dead. See, Peter, Peter, Peter's doing what a lot of people are doing in our society right now. Peter's looking at the evidence of the resurrection and trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure it out. Peter is thoreo. He's surveying the evidence of the resurrection and trying to make logical sense of it. And you can't make human logical sense out of something that's supernatural. You can't do it. It takes faith. You get a certain amount of evidence, but at some point you just got to go, I'm in. Peter wasn't ready to do that yet. He's just looking. He's examining. He's only been affected here. Not here yet. Peter's weighing that evidence. And then we get a third look. Then we get a third look. The other disciple, <laughs> who had reached the tomb first, <laughs> see, seriously, I, at this point, John has to be smiling as he dictates these words. I mean, think about it. He's dictating these words to a scribe. The scribe probably says, you sure you want to say that again? And I think John says, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely put that in there. Peter is going to love that I remind everyone again that I beat him to the tomb. Put that in there for sure. People are going to be reading this. Who knows for how long? He, I don't know if he said that all that or not, but I like to think he did. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first, then entered the tomb, saw and believed. So John finally goes inside, and he sees again. But this time, he doesn't just see, but he sees what's there. A third word for see. John what's in the tomb and what's not in the tomb any longer orao is to stare at and discern clearly to see and understand he, he doesn't just see the linen cloth lying there and the head cloth wrapped neatly and laid to the side but he sees them there he sees them with his heart and then does what what does that verse say he does? He sees and what? Believes. Man, that's a big word when he come here on Sundays. He sees and believes. He really takes a look. And when you really take a look at the evidence of the resurrection, when you really take a look at Jesus with an open mind and an open heart, then you too will see and you too will believe. You will see and believe that there is only one answer to what happened that day the son of god kept his word 
That's what happened that day. The Son of God defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave. The Son of God resurrected back to life. It is the greatest event in all of history. It will never be surpassed in its greatness until he comes back the second time. The day that God the Father bought back humanity with God the Son, the Son paid for all mankind's sin with his precious, precious, innocent blood. And this day, this day that they find that he's no longer there, proved that this payment was accepted in full. We talked last week about having one hope, the blood of Jesus Christ to atone, to cover, to take away, to give us forgiveness of our sins. But this day is equally as important because it proved that Jesus' blood actually can do that. It's amazing. I'm sorry. I'm fired up. Yeah. She go on preach, preach. That's what she's saying. Y'all just didn't know. <laughs> See, Jesus had never sinned. He had never sinned. And only sin causes death. That's why we die, because sin exists. It's actually graceful that God has death in the equation. Otherwise, we would live forever in a sinful, broken, awful world. Thankfully, we're not going to have to do that. But he couldn't stay dead because he was not a sinner. Jesus was not a sinner. He had never sinned. He was perfect. So God the Father breathed life back into him. Breathed life back into him. And he got up and casually, as the evidence he left behind shows, casually just walked up out of there. Verse 9, for they still do not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went home. See, John, Horao, he saw it and believed. He believed, but he didn't understand it at all. He didn't understand it yet. He didn't understand it yet. He just knew Jesus was alive. He didn't know what it meant. He didn't know how. He didn't know what to do, else to do. He was still too much of a chicken to say that he believed it until he wrote this letter and let us know. But he saw and he believed, but he didn't understand it all yet. And even at this point, even at this point, church, at this point, no one is jumping up and down and saying, Jesus is back alive. Jesus is back alive. Peter does not know what to believe. John believes, but he isn't saying anything yet. So after running to the tomb and seeing it empty, oh my goodness, what now? They go back home. How anticlimactic. That's how you know this is real. Because if I were writing a fable about how awesome I am, first I would have made it first to the tomb, for sure. I wouldn't have waited on that dude. I'd have just bust up in that dude. I'd have been like, here's the clothes. I told y'all he was back and going to live forever. He's resurrected. I told y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all. I wouldn't put in there that I didn't do anything once I found that out. I wouldn't put in there that I didn't, once I believed that I didn't go out and say, Jesus is alive. I would put in there that I just went back home again. Sheesh. How brave, John and Peter. Way to go. Peter and John couldn't do it. Better find somebody else. But Mary stood outside facing the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet, where Jesus' body was lying. Mary is grieving. She's still grieving. Because that's what you do when death takes someone you love. 
you grieve. Because we know it isn't right. We know death isn't right. It's not the way it's supposed to be. It isn't the way things should be. We know that deep down, so we grieve when we lose someone we love. And notice the really cool point here in this verse. This is cool if you're a nerd like me. Two angels, one at the head, one at the foot, where Jesus' body had been laying on a stone. They don't lay you on the ground. There's like a, there's a stone they lay you on. Hmm. Reminds me of something. Reminds me of that. Ark of the Covenant, where the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies once a year to place blood on the mercy seat, the place in between the two angels, to pay for the sins of Israel year after year after year, pointing to what God was going to do one day. Two angels, one at the head, one at the foot, where Jesus was, where Jesus lay. What was in between them? What was in between those two angels? I'll tell you what it was. The real mercy seat. Not the symbolic one that Israel carried around and placed in the temple. Not that one. The real one. What, what, what had been lying on that stone in between those two angels? What had been there? Jesus' body. What was still lying there after Jesus had arose? Think about what happened to Jesus on the cross. Think about physically what happened to him. He was drenched in blood. They wrapped him. They placed him on the stone. He arose. Guess what was still there on that stone between those two angels? His blood on the mercy seat. Whoo I'm telling y'all, Scripture's cool. You ought to read it every once in a while. <laughs> they said to her, woman, why are you crying? These angels. She says, because they've taken away my Lord. She told them. I don't know where they, where they put him. Again, Mary doesn't understand yet. Nobody really believed Jesus could or would come back to life because people don't do that. They believed he was going to stay dead like everybody else does. Not, not only had he been killed, massacred, humiliated, and hung on a cross, it didn't get any worse than that. I mean, Mary is traumatized. That's why she doesn't understand yet. You'd have been traumatized too. Verse 14. Having said this, she turned around and saw, there it is again, Jesus standing there, though she didn't know it was Jesus. Two times right here, Mary Magdalene sees. She sees the angels, and now she sees Jesus. It's the same sea that Peter saw with, thereo, to see and examine. The heart wasn't quite ready yet. Seeing and thinking, but not really seeing with the heart yet. And then Jesus says, woman, and it's not like we say, woman, it's not the way, it was a common greeting back then, so just get over it, chill out. So when you say woman, don't say it like that, it's not the way Jesus said it. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Supposing he was the gardener, I don't know, shot in the dark there, she replied, sir, if you've removed him, tell me where you put him and I will take him away. Mary still wants to know where these horrible people have taken Jesus' body. She's just looking to find his body. Not only has he died now, but now she can't even properly mourn. She can't even properly mourn. That's why she's so upset. 
She wants to mourn properly by performing the acts of placing the herbs and spices on the body. She wants to take care of her deceased Jesus. That's a mouthful about grief right there that we'll focus on another day. Sir, tell me where he is if you know, please, she says. And then Jesus said, Mary. Now things change. Turning around, she says to him in Hebrew or Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. What changes Mary? What changes her from seeing this gardener, this whatever, this I'm upset, I'm crying, I don't know what to do, I don't know where I'm, I don't know. My whole life, my whole world has been flipped, spun around, turned upside down, and slammed back on the ground and broken into a million pieces. I don't know what to do. What changes from her going from there to recognizing it was Jesus? I'll tell you what it is. It's a word from the Lord. He speaks a word. Says her name. Hey, ain't nothing sweeter to anybody's ears than the sound of their own name. Keep that in mind. That's for free. Trying to give somebody a word from the Lord today. Jesus spoke and everything changed for her. Everything changed. Because her heart had received the word from the Lord. She wants to cling to him. She wants to cling to him. That's what we want to do. She wants to cling to him and stay in that moment. That's what we want to do. Sometimes we want to stay. We want to stay in here when the service is really good. We want to stay at church camp when it's really good. We want to stay in the Bible study when it's really good. We want to stay. We just want to cling to Jesus. But Jesus says, sorry, there's still stuff I got to do. And there's still stuff you got to do. Get full up. All right. Now go. Do some stuff. Jesus says, don't cling to me. I haven't yet ascended to my father. But go tell my brothers and tell them that I'm ascending to my father. And your father to my God and your God. And Mark's gospel adds this little detail that Jesus says to go tell my brothers and Peter. As Truett reminded us last night. I love that detail because Peter had really, 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 really blown it a few days ago. Before Jesus. Jesus wants to make sure that Peter knows that Jesus still loves him. Still believes in him. Even though he had recently blown it big time. Oh, man, we serve a good God. So what does he do? What does she do? Excuse me. What does she do? The two dudes chickened out. The lady is the one that Jesus had to get to do the work. 18, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. She told them what he had said to her. She did what all people who've experienced the risen Jesus do. She went and told. She went and and announced, she's announced, she announced, I have seen the Lord, I've seen Jesus, Jesus is alive, and here's what he told us to do, that's discipleship, that's all it is, Jesus is alive, here's what he told us to do, now let's try to do it together, we're going to bump our heads, and we're going to screw it up big time, but he didn't give up on Peter, and he ain't going to give up on me, and he ain't going to give up on you, so let's just keep trying to do what he told us to do and in eternal glory we won't have to worry about it anymore it'll all be perfect and it'll all be good but until then we're going to have a heart that wants to serve and do what Jesus tells us to do and know that even when we blow that he'll still forgive us I don't know how he does it I don't know how he puts up with me I don't but he does she heard she heard 
She didn't see. She heard a word and received a word. Faith comes by hearing. She heard a word and it changed everything. The risen Jesus changed everything. He's risen. He's risen indeed. And it changed everything. If he can rise from the grave, what can he do? What, what can he do in your life? Are you living defeated? You serve a risen Savior. If he can come up out of the grave, what can he do, church? Wake up! Some of you literally. <laughs> what can he do? <laughs> if he can rise from the grave, if he can defeat sin, if he can defeat death, if he can defeat Satan and hell, what can he do? Can he come back as the lion of the tribe of Judah? And put a final nail in Satan's earthly reign? You better bet he can. You better bet he's going to. I'm ready for that day. That's why that song gets me so fired up. Makes me want to grab a sword and start kicking some tail. Can't wait. He can come back. You better believe he's going to. Won't he do it? I say, won't he do it? Yeah, he's going to do it. So where are you today? Let's finish up with this. Josh, you want to come back up? Where do you fall? What category do you fall in today? Have you only glanced? Maybe you're like John when he first got to the tomb. You, you've glanced at the risen Jesus, but you hadn't really gone in and looked. Have you been trying to figure it all out? Are you like Peter when he got there? You're trying to figure it all out and you're trying to understand it all before you trust him? Newsflash. Ain't going to happen. You're not going to understand everything about an omnipotent, omnipresent, all-powerful, all-knowing God. You're not going to figure it all out. Stop lying to yourself. Have faith. Trust him. Or do you see the empty tomb? And know that there is an empty tomb if there is an empty tomb, there must be a risen Savior. Maybe that's where you are. You see with your eyes and your mind and your heart, and you believe, even though you may not understand it all yet, like John. If today you've realized for the first time that Jesus is alive, he paid for your sin, he proved he is God by resurrecting back to life, he is alive. If today you want to submit your life to him, you want to place your hope and trust in him, you want to have your faith, you want to put your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and the everlasting gift of a eternal life. If you've never done that and you want to do that today, then come down here in this front of this church this morning and let's talk through that together and let's celebrate that together with this church, with your church. If that's you this morning, if you've never done that and you want to do that, then come down when this song starts and let's do that and celebrate today. I'm going to act a fool if you do, I'm telling you. We're going to have some fun. I'm going to be excited. I might hug you. I won't kiss you. But I'll hug you. For those here this morning that have received a word from the Lord, you've placed your faith in Him. 
when we all decide this morning, for those of us that have placed our faith in Christ, when we decide that we're going to leave here out of these walls and be obedient like Mary and announce to the world that Jesus is alive with the way we walk, with the way we talk, with the way we live, Jesus is alive. And then we'll watch what only he can do when his people do that. Respond today to Jesus, however he's calling you. The altar's open during this song. People are going to be down here to pray with you, or you can pray by yourself. Respond to Jesus, however he's calling you today, because he's worth it. Father, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy, God. I pray that during this time that your business would be attended to, God. If you're moving in a heart, God, that the Holy Spirit would, would, would clearly tell this person what they need to do and that we would do it today, God. That we finish up worshiping together however the Holy Spirit leads. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can stand. Romans 5, 8.